What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, folks. Today, we have our annual Hogline Podcast 2023 mock draft. The, the excitement is palpable. The intrigue is growing by the seconds. We are five days away from the draft. And I just, I couldn't be more excited. How are you guys feeling today? We have our mock draft here. Um, it is, what, is it the sec- third year that Shref has done this with us? Or just third year in general? I don't really even write, quite recall. So what, Yeah, is this the third year? I think, I think it's the third year. If I remember correctly, last year we had one of my, uh, one of my good friends, Noah Nestor, on to help us out with it. But I think first year was me alone, second year was with Nestor, and now here we are, year three. You know yeah, what? Actually, I remember. I remember in 2021 we did it in uh, three episode increments. Mm-hmm. I think I joined and for one had, of the episodes, possibly. We had Ryan Jeffrey on one or two of them, and Shreff on for the other one or mm-hmm. two. Of them. Yeah. Right. Okay. It is coming back to me now. And actually, in hindsight, I feel like that was not a good decision to split it up like that because things change so much. So it's definitely way better to do it in one shot and have it the week of the draft. So glad we're finally fine tuning it. But yeah, we're here. We're doing our mock draft that we do. uh, This is our, I guess, now our third year doing it. uh, annual, Annual tradition. And we have split up who out of us three is going to be picking for each franchise. Uh, and the only other caveat, I guess, that we have to mention is that this is what we would do, not what we think or project is going to happen on Thursday. Um, I think that's pretty much it. No trades. We're not doing trades. That's just kind of too complex to, uh, incorporate in this mock draft here that we're doing. And we'll we will be including the Steelers, uh, 32nd overall pick just to make it a full 32, make it a little bit more even distributed. And also, obviously, we're uh, two-thirds of us are Steelers fans, so it made sense for us to, to include that last one there because it is two point, I don't, I don't know if they classify that as 2.1 or 2.32. I've, I've seen it written both ways by draft pundits. So, mm-hmm. um, Nonetheless, I think we, unless you guys have anything else, I think we're ready to get started here. Uh, anything? Are we good? I'm ready. I'm pumped. Okay. Oh, well, do you want me to mention, I'll, um, as, as part of my punishment with the uh, right. 
with these offensive tackle rankings, uh, I'll be giving at least a preview of what I have written down for when some of these guys will obviously be going in this draft here. So um, I'll be ready to give my thoughts on them as well. So Awesome. Okay. So there you have it. Um, Jesus Christ, my phone keeps falling down. <laughs> Sorry if anyone hears that. Um, okay. So I think we're ready to get started. The Panthers, after making a trade with the Chicago Bears, hold the first overall pick in the draft. Uh, I think this is, I don't have the order of how we're going in front of me. I think this is Shreff, right? Okay. I have it up here. It's me here. Yeah. Okay. So Shreff is going uh, first here with the Panthers. It's not going to be quite a, a rotation of one, two, three, like down the board like that, because, you know, if there was a team with two picks, we'd like to, we gave it to, whoever one of us like had that. So we give it to the same person. So the order might be a little bit, excuse me, the rotation might be a little bit out of, out of whack, but, uh, but nonetheless, here we go. Carolina Panthers on the clock and the 2023 Hogline podcast mock draft is officially open. Wow. What a day. What a day, fellas. Um, all right. So I got the Panthers. They obviously made the big trade to go up. Um, they're in a good spot here because you don't really have to, you know, you have the first pick. So I don't really buy into any sort of talk about like smoke screens or things like that. I think when you have that pick and you have no one picking in front of you, there's no need to really try to like muddy the water with that kind of stuff. And it works out well because I think what they're going to do and what I would do is the same thing. Um, so I'm going to kick it off with Bryce Young going one overall to the Panthers. Um, obviously the size is going to be a concern with teams and I'm sure they've thought about it, but uh, the Panthers have had the spot for a while, and I think while obviously C.J. Stroud and you know Anthony Richardson, Will Levis are obviously guys to consider, um, I think Bryce Young is the best pure passer in this class at the moment. Um, just made uh, a million wow throws from different uh, parts of the field, uh, any distance, any speed that he wanted to put on it. Um, just kind of a, a master with the football when it comes to throwing it. And um, I know it's hard to like it's hard to judge things based on this, but there are some of those guys that just do have like that it factor to them. And I, I, I really do think that that's Bryce young. Um, and yeah, I, I know that the, the size concern is going to be a thing. I know Frank Reich and kind of that whole staff is tends to lean on the side of going with bigger quarterbacks, but I think Bryce Young's the type the type of guy that can kind of buck that trend for them. So um, while there's definitely some concerns, I think as a pure passer and just leader of a team, I think he, has the least amount of red flags for me. So Bryce Young at one. Yeah, it adds up. Uh, I believe at this point he is a heavy favorite to go number one. And I think we prefaced it on a couple shows ago, but by this time we usually have a pretty solid idea in most cases uh, who is going to go number one overall. And it looks like it is going to be Young. Uh, 2021 Heisman winner. And I was listening to, I don't know if you guys are familiar or have ever listen to this podcast, but the move the sticks podcast with Dan- Daniel Jeremiah, mm-hmm. uh, very good. He's a, uh, I mean, very well-known draft, uh, expert, if you will. Uh, and him and Bucky Brooks were talking on it on, I think it was an episode last week. And they said that, I think they said summed it up pretty perfectly that Bryce young, he has, he has moments maybe where he makes some questionable decision, but it's never an overall game. Like there's no games that, you look at the entirety of the game where he's just bad. You know, it's pretty consistent across the board where, yes, he'll have some throws or some drives where aren't the best, but pretty much every single game, there's a solid floor with him and he's very consistent. So, um, yeah, and if he was, 
if he was 6'3", 210 or 215, he'd probably be one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in, in, yeah, multiple years. So there you go. Bryce Young to the Panthers at one from Shreff. And we move on to Jack uh, with the Houston Texans at second overall, which a team which, you know, very expected a quarterback the majority of the draft season. And then all of a sudden we're hearing whispers that they're not sold on some of like most of these quarterbacks. So it's kind of up in the air. I, I had no idea where Jack's going to go here. Well, I have an, I, I have an idea, but, um, but yeah, the real Texans, Mikey Tex, which are we going to meet? Are we going to bring is Mikey Tex coming out today or we're just, no. we're just getting to no. oh. oh. bring him out? Cause there's just too many. You're the mouthpiece for Mikey Tex today. You're not, you're not Mikey yeah. Tex. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, maybe for pick number twelve, we'll make a, a yeah, surprise appearance. So, but uh, what are the Texans doing here? What is Jack doing with the Texans pick? Mm-hmm. Actually, so right. Yeah, we're not the GMs. We're ourselves today. That, yes. So that makes sense. Um, Titans have a lot of holes. Uh, Texans. Just, Titans. Uh, yeah, Texans. That is who I'm picking for. Uh, my brief thoughts on their team. I was just trying to, since they have the second pick and the 12th pick, I was trying to create a strategy of how do I want to attack this? Like, what are the two cornerstones of the franchise that we can build going forward? Because it's pretty bleak. Um, I feel like they're finally out of the the Deshaun Watson era uh, with the hire of D'Amico Ryans. And I feel like they're just starting to... Like the past two years, I've kind of just been like bad and like hopeless, <laughs> uh, directionless. And I feel like they're kind of out of that now and just looking towards the future. And like with these two, pick two and pick 12, there's something that fans can be excited about. Um, starting at the offensive line. I mean, there's no offensive line prospect is pretty slotted to go up here, but I think it's fine. Like it's good enough uh, that they don't they can address other holes in the first round. Um, granted, I'm probably tipping my tipping my twelfth pick, but that's okay. Um, it's not great, but again, they have other areas to address. Good running back, Damian Pierce. The wide receiver group is very bad. <laughs> I mean, they're. Nico Collins and Robert Woods are just not sufficient. And John Mechie, I I forgot about him, and I feel like a lot of people forgot about him. I read reports he's made significant um, strides in coming back, but it's up in the air, I guess, of what his availability is going to be. Um, defensively, I thought they looked pretty... Like, in the secondary, it's kind of promising. Derek Stingley, drafted third of all last year, was a good pick. Uh, and they have just a, a veteran group back there. I didn't realize. I, I guess I did know, but I forgot. They have Jimmy Ward from the 49ers. Um, Steven Nelson, Desmond King, Corey Littleton. Like, there's there's recognizable names. Oh, and Jalen Petrie last year. Uh, I think you're trapped in the second round. So, there's names there. The defensive line, though, is so bad. I wrote down their starter. Their Who would be their week one starters? From left to right, we have Jerry Hughes, Sheldon Rankins, Malik Collins, and Jonathan Greenard. Not great. I don't know many of them. <laughs> um, so 
I'm pivoting from my original plan, which you guys don't even know about, but that's what I'm doing. And um, I'm going to go Will Anderson. I think he, instead of going one of these quarterbacks, I think he's just a, a sure thing. He could be a true cornerstone of this franchise. And last year, as I said, well, I going into this year, their defensive line looks very, very bad. Uh, last year, they were 32nd in yards allowed on the ground, and which is last, 32nd, 32 teams. And they allowed 220 more than the 34, 31st place Bears. So that's like they had an extra game of like allowing 220 rushing yards. Like that's just bad. And then getting out the passer, they weren't great either. They were 18th in sacks, 20th in QB hits. Um, and a lot of other pass rush metrics I looked at, they were just like average, below average. Uh, so yeah, Will Anderson's my pick. He's definitely going to obviously help most in that pass rush category. Um, and I don't think I need to explain much about why I picked him. I mean, he's no one. You can't really say any bad things about him as a prospect. Um, I think he's. Do you guys think he's the safest prospect draft pick in this draft? Yeah, I do. I, I'd say I'd say at least this high up. I would say for sure, like in this range. I, I was gonna say I I like the Anderson pick. I think I think it's very a re, very realistic option for them. I think it. I think a lot of it depends on how much pull Demiko Rhines has on that draft room. Um, right off the bat, because. I mean, obviously, right. you'd imagine that at the number two pick that, like, a GM or someone up top would probably want to lean QB, but if D'Amico is confident in what he has on the offense, maybe not confident in the offensive side, but confident that a guy like Anderson would long-term be the better guy, which I, I think he definitely could be. So I I would I would uh, be a fan of that if, if this was the pick that they that they made. Right, and thank you for bringing that up because I forgot, I mentioned Diego Ryans, but that was the, my idea with this pick as well, like, their identity going forward should yeah. be focused around their defense yeah. as their head coach. That's what he specializes in. So, um, yeah, that's that kind of contributed to it as well. Well, there you have it. Uh, Will Anderson to the Texans. Uh, I'll have a, I'll say a quick word on him too because obviously I was hoping to get him at three, uh, given that the Cardinals uh, don't have a need for quarterback. Um, obviously, he's a freak athlete. I do think he's the safest prospect in this draft as jack alluded to really good production 34 and a half sacks in three seasons uh i do think he's getting a little bit of prospect fatigue too i feel like at this point like i think it's kind of ridiculous i've seen some mock drafts where a couple other players that aren't quarterbacks sneak up ahead of him and i don't think that's right uh so i i do think there's a little bit of prospect fatigue with him and it's it is interesting that there's no mentions of like character concerns whatsoever with with him we see all throughout the league in the past week or two you know there's the darnell wright report cj stroud testing low on that cognitive test um, yeah, and missing the manning camp Carter. missing the manning camp yeah and there who else there's someone else that i'm missing i mean jalen carter Jalen carter, carter too yeah. well that might be warranted but well, regardless warranted, but same <laughs> idea yeah yeah, so in all all of these smoke screens and slandering reports, we hear nothing of Will Anderson. So I think that's that's a validation that I would need to pick him very high in this draft. 
Uh, so like I said, my plan is a little bit forwarded at this point because I was hoping to get Will Anderson here with the Cardinals at three. Um, and in reality, if we were doing trades, this would be oh, a, yeah. the, the most prime spot to trade out of uh, to collect extra draft capital. And especially with only one quarterback taken so far and a lot of teams needing one. However, we can't do that. That's the rules we established. And I'm going to be picking something that picking someone that may seem like a reach, but again, this is this is not. I would very much look to trade out if we were allowed to do that. Um, so again, this might be a shock to you guys, but I'm going to go Paris Johnson. Uh, I'm going to put him on the Cardinals. Oh uh, Shreff gave us a little bit of preview a couple days ago that he is. I believe he's tied for first with your tackle rankings with uh, Skaronsky, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, very, very quick feet. Uh, that's what a scouting report says. And also I saw that video of him. I think, I think it went semi-viral of him, like having very quick feet. So, um, so yeah, I think he's a very solid, safe tackle. Arizona 24th ranked offensive line by PFF after the 2022 season. And they have they didn't really, from what I saw, have any notable additions. They did lose Cody Ford to the Bengals. And I know Kyler tore his ACL on a non-contact injury, but you still have to protect him and do whatever you can to ensure that. So um, I think, again, I know it's it, it could seem like a reach because he's projected to probably go in the early teens, maybe around like 9-10 range, but... Again, I don't. I don't think. I really don't see this being a bad pick for the Cardinals. It might not be the sexy pick, but I think it may be the correct one. So I'm going to go with Paris Johnson. I like. I want to hear Shreff's write up on him. Can, can yeah, I was going to say that? I was. I was already clicking on him. Ready. So uh, on my rankings, he's sitting at number two. But the first line I have is that it's more of a one A one B scenario for me um, with him and Skaronsky. I don't think you're wrong. I will say that if you're looking for like a true. Uh, uh, a true offensive tackle. I think he's your guy. Um, oh man, I can't see or hear you guys. This might be a problem. Um, you hear us? We weren't just. We oh. just weren't talking. Oh, there we go. You guys. Uh, you guys were gone on my screen. My, my connection's weird. Oh. But either way, uh, the other the other big thing that I have, uh, he's been referred to as a dancing bear. Um, I think mm-hmm. is the best way to describe him. And. Like actually, like sitting there and watching videos and watching like some highlights of him, you you, you can see exactly what they mean. He's like it, his first step is insane, really just like quick on his feet, but knows how to use his body and his technique is just like very impressive. So with his size, like even though he's moving quick, he can still put you in the ground whenever he wants to. Um, just I when when we're talking about Will Anderson as a safe pick, I think I think when you're looking at this offensive tackle class, I think I think this is definitely the safest guy. And I think, like Mitchell said, especially with a team that has a QB coming off an injury like this, and like you're kind of pigeonholed, like he's he's your guy, whether you like it or not. Like you you got to protect him. And I I would say in this scenario, I, th- I think Paris is probably the best choice there. So I like it. Okay. Uh, this is Shreff right mm-hmm. here. Okay. Wait, sorry, Shreff. Do you have pro comp? Oh, my pro comp for Paris. Uh, put for him. Uh oh. Well, you know who he kind of did? yeah. Here's how I actually put. Um, I don't know how the size exactly works out, but like the technique mixed with the the get off, Elaine Johnson vibes a little bit. Okay. 
just it just the way he moves like he's he's bigger than lane in terms of like just overall like stature but it's the for me it's like just the plays with such a good technique mixed with the flake i mean we, we saw lane it was a whole conversation with him about like the whole like it's like it's an early get off but it's really not but it appears that way just he's so good at the timing snap like they did it reminds me a lot of that so i i like him a lot big fan sign me up for that yeah Strap up at number four with the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Uh, and they're on the clock. This, uh, I, I came into this expecting pretty much one pick to be made for, for this one, and I was excited to talk about it, but then Jack took Will Anderson at two. So now all of a sudden I'm sitting here with three of the quarterbacks left. And, I mean, the Colts are going to, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ursay can tweet about, like, who they're going to take or what they're thinking. They're, they're taking a quarterback. They are taking a quarterback. Uh, I'm not listening to any smokes screens with that this, this is a franchise that is starving for a quarterback and i think they would be foolish not to take one just both it for them and for the fan base as a whole but with that being said i mean cj stroud kind of fell into my lap here so i'm, I'm gonna go with stroud um i'll start by saying that with this whole uh what's it called the s2 test is that what it is, is that what it is yeah um one the report that came out about what was they said he got it was like an 18 percent or something like that that was yeah. already said by a couple people that just like that that is not true so i don't know how how false that is but either way like it, it's one of those things where it that test is supposed to determine like how good you are at like reading progressions like reading an offense and like the speed at which you can do it and like if you watch the actual like games that cj stroud played like he that's like the best part of his game so i don't i don't understand how that translates to the test or what that looks like but like the way I I was most impressed with how quickly he was able to diagnose coverages and find the open man, whether it was his first, second, or third read. And obviously, with Young, you get more of those wow throws. But I think with Stroud, the it's just the touch that he's able to put on these throws. Um, and make no mistake, he can still sling the ball when he wants to. But like his his timing on things and just the way that he's able to. Uh, maneuver throws in there just using like loft and like different speeds on throws it's it's impressive so i i'm not going to listen to the s2 things that as much as i think other people seem like they're going to so if he does fall that'll be very interesting but i think if i'm the colts with all three of these guys left i think stroud is by far the safest and, and best selection here so cj stroud okay very nice i think you you summed it up pretty well when you said the colts are starving for a quarterback i think that was a yeah. good way to put it Jack is up at number five with the Seattle Seahawks. They have two selections in this first round after their trade, their magnificent trade with the Denver Broncos. And uh, what are the Seahawks going to do? They've signed Geno Smith for three years, I believe, right? It was three years? Three years. Yeah. The way it's worked, it, like, you, like they can kind of get out of it after like a year or two, I think. So, but it's yes. Yeah. Okay. So, Jack, what are you doing with Seattle's pick? This is interesting. Uh, yeah, and looking at their whole team, I I think they're pretty complete, except in one category. Um, the secondary is solid. Tariq Willen, Kobe Bryant. They had Julian Love. Safeties are decent. They bring back Bobby Wagner, paired with Jordan Brooks. It's a a sneaky underrated inside linebacking duo. Um. The tackles are solid. They drafted last year. Um, they probably need to improve on their interior a little bit, but not with these this pick. Uh, 
We mentioned Gino. He's their guy, I guess, for the foreseeable future. Good running, young running back and solid receivers, tight end combination. So their glaring hole is defensive line. Um, I think I wrote down their starters, too, if they had to go out there week one. Draymond Jones, Brian Moan, Jerron Reed. Those don't sound Hale- like real people. And no Taylor, offense to them, but... Taylor Darrell, Darrell. Is it Monet? <laughs> it's M-O-N-E. Wow. Uh, so I'm going to go Tyree Wilson at Texas Tech. Uh, he's huge, and you would not think he's that big. Well, he looks big, but the, how fast he can move uh, watching his film and highlights is just crazy. Um, sorry, something on my TV screen. Um, there's an elephant in the room of someone I could have taken here, but I didn't want to. I wanted to get a pass rusher, and I think he can be uh, I don't know, I don't want to make any comparison or any projections here, but he's going to be a very, very solid piece for a group that needs desperately needs to get after the pass rush or get after the quarterback. All right. Very nice. Seattle taking uh, edge Tyree Wilson of Texas Tech. I'm up here, number six, with the Detroit Lions. Another team that, at least on the offensive side of the ball, very complete. And they do have some very, uh, they have some interesting pieces on defense too. Uh, Some young guys, Aiden Hutchinson, Houston. Um, So some interesting pieces, Malcolm Rodriguez in the middle there. So I'm going to go with, also, so they brought in CJ Gardner-Johnson too. Uh, Cam Sutton. So they definitely made some additions in the secondary. Uh, however, they did trade away Jeff Okuda, who clearly has struggled with injuries over the first three seasons of his NFL career. Um, I think it's definitely still the biggest need for the Lions. They allowed the third most pass yards per game last year uh, with 245.8 per game. And I'm going to go with that position. And I'm going to go with my number one guy, Christian Gonzalez. Uh, Good size and good speed for the position. He's 6'1", just nearly 200 pounds, ran a 4.38 in the 40. Uh, he's one of the youngest prospects in the draft. He's he's still 20, technically. He'll be 21 by the season start. Uh, he's born, I think, June 28th, I think, of 02. So very young guy, still has a lot of room to grow and uh, potential. And I just think he's a very solid, safe corner that... Again, it, it's tough because there's a lot of other there's it's a deep corner class in general. And there's a couple other guys I could have considered for this number one corner spot. Uh, I really do. like. I don't want to spoil anyone's pick, but I do really like Devin Witherspoon. Uh, it's just he's got very good football instincts and I think he plays really tough and fast. But I just give a slight edge to Gonzalez just because he's just a little bit bigger. Um, and I like that in my corners. So I'm going to go with Christian Gonzalez to the Lions. And I will end this this uh, analysis of him with a little fun fact. I don't know if you guys know this. He's a, he's brother-in-law, brother-in-law of uh, David Blau, Cardinals mm. backup quarterback. I don't know if you guys knew that. So, Oh, yes, because his, uh, his, his sister's the, his wife, right? Like the track runner. Yep. Yeah, Gonzalez's sister is married to Blau. So. There you go. I thought that was interesting. How about that? 
Uh, he's, I think he's my favorite player in this class, by the way. So I, wow. I, wherever he would have went, I would have been excited. I, th- I think he's like the perfect like current day corner. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I mean, dream scenario, I think, in my opinion. I don't know how Jack's feeling at this point. I won't say it. It has to do with the Steelers. We haven't gotten to them yet, so I'll, I'll wait trade up, until... Don't you? You want to trade up? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, be opposed to that at all. So Do it with, do it, do it with my oh, team. I would. I, I would love that. I would oppose Okay. That. All right. Well, Jack has a differing opinion then, but we'll, we'll get to them when we get to the Steelers later on. We have picks 17 and 32. So uh, The Raiders are up at seven, and I believe this is stress. It is. Um, okay. I've been, I've been put in the position where I, I have all the teams where the quarterbacks are falling to. Uh, you really do. Yeah, um, I will say that um, I would have. This would have been a lot harder for me if Christian Gonzalez had fallen. Um, I think this could be an intriguing spot for him. I think, especially in that division with all these uh, just like high-powered uh, offenses, um, I think getting a lockdown corner would be important for them and something that they should consider, depending how the board falls. But in this scenario, the bo- the board has fallen in a place that I think they would enjoy. Probably, um, obviously, they brought in Jimmy G. Um, I think they're lying to themselves if they think that he's a legitimate long-term solution and the contract shows that I don't, I don't think he he's going to be. Um, so the good thing is that this gives them a chance to draft more of a, pro, uh, more of a project um, not expected to start right away. And I think the two guys that are left here are kind of in that scenario where ideally you probably wouldn't necessarily want them starting day one. So since this is what we would do and not what I think they would do, I'm going to take Anthony Richardson here. Now, that's, that's spicy, man. I like it though. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like we said, this is what we would do. I think if the Raiders were actually in this position, I, I do think it would be Will Levis here. Um, and I think even the Colts at four would also be considering Levis, even over Trout. Um, but uh, I, I'm not low on Levis necessarily, but I think the upside of Richardson is like just way too much to pass up on if you're any of these teams. Um, obviously like the most athletic quarterback based on like the combine and pro day testing and all that, um, absolute cannon for an arm. Obviously you have, uh, you know, decision-making and just overall accuracy issues to work on. But I think those issues are also there with Levis. So at that point, if I'm looking at the two, I'm, and if if we want to call that like a draw, then you're looking at just athleticism based. And I think, uh, Richardson obviously wins in that, but you know, this, obviously this, this is a pick that we see pretty much every year where you have like this huge athlete rocket arm quarterback and it really just comes down to the fit and the coaching staff and what they can do with them. Um, do I trust the Raiders to do, to do well with him? Probably not, but I like Anthony Richardson more than Will Levis. So Anthony Richardson to the Raiders at seven. I like that a lot. It's a very risky pick. Uh, he's very raw as we know. Very low, complete, very low completion percentage. Uh, only one year as a full-time starter. Um, but the upside is tantalizing. Uh, and he yeah, is pretty much unlike any quarterback prospect we've ever seen. I mean, the closest comp is Cam Newton, but Cam Newton was not as fast as Anthony Richardson. So Mm-mm. there you have I, it, Raiders. I was, uh, sorry, sorry. on Anthony Richardson, I, I don't like really any quarterback of this class except him. Uh, I was thinking about taking him at two with the Texans. I was hoping he'd fall to the Texans at 12, but I wanted to go with the Sabre pick and Will Anderson. Um, 
that's really all I had to say. I don't. I, I think he's he's risky, but he's the qu- only quarterback that I think will be successful in the NFL of this class. Wow. That's a, that's a bold call. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I was just going to back it up by saying, like, I, I I would say that all all four of these guys have certain things that you look at and you're like, I don't know. So at that point, I'm I'm betting on traits more than anything else. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's it's really funny because if it happened to Jimmy Garoppolo twice, where a team drafted his replacement in a, in a top ten scenario, so yeah, that's certainly uh, interesting to watch. But Garoppolo is one of those guys that you know, obviously Richardson's going to need time, so Garoppolo gives you a nice solid floor at least for a year or two or whatever. So I think that is a good situation, at least quarterback room to walk into for Richardson's development. Jack is up at number eight with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, go ahead. Um, looking at what holes the Falcons have, it's um, they're more complete now than I than you'd think than I thought. Uh, defensively, they made a lot of free agent acquisitions and the Jeff Akuda trade as well. And I, if people forgot about they, the best. Uh, addition to their defense this offseason was Jesse Bates. Um, also got Richie Grant at safety. Their cornerbacks, I like AJ Terrell a lot, and Okuda uh, has had his struggles in Detroit, but hopefully he's healthy. He could be an okay too. Um, offensively, they have a, a decent offensive line, and the big hole is that they need another wide receiver to play uh, opposite of Drake London. Because right now, their second wide receiver is uh, who I've written down. It's Matt Collins it's and Scotty. Matt Miller. Collins and Scotty Miller. Like that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> Not um, I mean, you have Pitts, who's pretty much a receiver. They so. also brought in uh, right. they brought in Johnny Smith as well. So you do, you're receiving tight ends. Okay. They need another outside guy. Uh, the quarterback situation. I think they messed up with evaluating Ritter and like maybe like they only give him four games. Like maybe they want to honor their commitment to Mariota as a starter. Like by all accounts, I think Mariota is like a great guy and teammates. Maybe they felt like they needed to start him longer than they should have. Or maybe they just had false confidence that they could compete with a veteran quarterback in Mariota. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't have much faith in Ritter. I know Mitchell, I don't know where Mitchell stands currently. I know he loved him last year in the draft. Um, but I don't have much faith in Ritter. However, four games is just like not enough to make an accurate assessment on him. Um, but I'm going to stick with Ritter here. Not going Will Levis, not going to quarterback and their defensive line. Despite, I mean, they brought in Clias Campbell, Bud Dupree. They still have Grady Jarrett. There is one of the best defensive tackles in the league, in my opinion. And um, who else is on the defensive line? There's one more. Oh, they brought in... What's the guy from the Saints? Anyamata. Um, I'm going to add some youth to the defensive line, and I'm going to stop the fall. I'm taking Jalen Carter. Thank wow. You. There you go. I was wondering where he would end up. Yeah. I mean, it, he... On the field, he was... I mean, before his off-the-field issues, he was probably possibly going to go one overall to the Bears. They still kept that pick. Um, so that's incredible value getting here at eight. 
hopefully he can clean up his off the field situation and bounce back for the Falcons sake in this scenario. It is a pretty like what is that whole legal situation is bad and and almost an equivalent red flag or football red flag I guess is I don't like at all that he showed up to his pro day like 10 pounds overweight and just didn't look good like yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna have those off the field problems yeah you should at least like be thinking like okay I need to show up and like show that there's a reason why you would still take me this high exactly like it's like it's just there's a ton of stupid prospects out there or like guys about to get drafted and just do stuff like that like what he did uh, don't want to downplay it. Of course, it's bad, but like, it's not like too uncommon. But like, that is just like a little bit more. It takes it a step further, like alarming of who he is. So there's red flags, but um, the the ceilings there, the talents there. So I'm gonna go Jalen Carter 108 to the Falcons. Yeah, if the, if those red flags didn't exist, he would go. Top three. So, yeah, I mean, the I think it, it's getting to the point where that risk uh, could be negated by where you're picking him at. So, mm-hmm. all right. I'm up here at 1.09 uh, with the Chicago Bears. Uh, another team that made a lot of offseason moves. One of the most notable, uh, bringing in DJ Moore to help out the young quarterback in Justin Fields. Uh, They'll be getting Darnell Mooney back from his ACL injury. Um, And the secondary, it's pretty solid. I think they have some good young pieces there. And another big, two big, I guess, additions, you could say, on defense, Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo. And, uh, you know, they bring over TJ Edwards from Philadelphia as well. So they're at least trying to make moves to put a little bit more of a competent squad out there. Uh, however, I think the biggest need and something that they have to address clearly is offensive line. Uh, they allowed 58 sacks last year in 2022, which was the fourth most in the league. And it's just not sustainable to keep lending up that amount of sacks. And number one, uh, preserve the health of Justin Fields and also win football games. Like that's just not something that can continue for Chicago. Um, for this reason, I'm going to go Peter Skaronsky, uh out of Northwestern offensive tackle. He was a unanimous all American in 2022. He is Shreff's one a in his tackle rankings, and he's a tremendous run blocker. Uh, the knock on him is that his reach isn't the best and also size concerns for an offensive tackle. He's a little bit on the smaller side. Uh, so there has been some whispers that eventually in his career he could be moved to guard. And I honestly don't think it's the worst thing in the world, just considering that the Bears definitely need work on the entire offensive line from what I know. So I do think that Skaronsky could fill multiple holes depending on where he could line up and Whatever his, however his career pans out. So they just need a bunch of reinforcements on the line. Ideally, you'd like him to play at an elite level of tackle, but if the if the uh, alternate scenario is him becoming like a Pro Bowl level guard, I think you take that as well because they just need help. So Peter Skaronsky to the Bears. That's a good pick. Um, the arm length 
I was listening to this or watching something, I forget. And there's really no correlation between arm length and like success in the NFL. Okay. I think it was a like PFF's podcast um, or show. I forget what their names are. So uh, that would not concern me. And uh, yeah. Well, another, another thing that, that since you brought it up that, you know, sparked my memory is that another guy who went to Northwestern, Rashawn's later, another, that was the knock on him. He was yeah. smaller. Can I, uh, can I interject? Yeah. Sure. That's my comparison, by the way. Um, okay. For, okay. For Peter Skaronsky. Um He's he's awesome. I, I don't like how this worked out because the two guys I really wanted just went the two pick before my team's up. Um, he's he's my one right now. I think, I think like Jack was kind of saying. I think I think good technique and good athleticism can uh, outweigh any sort of deficiencies such as arm length or something like that. Um, as a tackle, I think he is like a Rayshon Slater. I think he can be just as good. As a guard, I think you're looking at, like like a lot of people have said, if, if he's playing guard, he's probably a shoe-in, like all-pro type of guy for a long time. So you can't really go wrong with where every play in my opinion. He's unreal. Very good. Right. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, Slater missed all of last year, but his rookie year was phenomenal. So mm-hmm. there you have it. Uh, Eagles up at 10. Mm. Shreff's Streff's team in this draft and his and his favorite team. So uh, I'm sure all the Eagles fans are going to be, you know, if they don't like your pick, they're going to want you out as GM here. So I know. pick wisely. Oh man, this is tough. I I was sitting like the with uh, when I had um, Indy in Vegas. I feel like the guys that I was hoping for just kind of fell all the way to me anyway. Now in this position, the two guys that were starting to fall a little bit go eight and nine right in front of me so i'm gonna have to pivot a little bit uh how much fun do i want to have right now a good amount of fun i think we're having fun should we have a lot of fun right now boys i don't know that's up to you Gotta hurry up, Shreff. The team next the team next is gonna jump you if you run out of time here on the clock. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some fun. Um this is something that uh when I when I look at NFL drafts, it makes me upset when teams do it. Um and especially depending on how high it is. Um I'm throwing all of that out the window in the situation here. I think this is a draft class where you have some premier talents, but I think we're going to start getting to a point here. There's still some guys on the board that I really like. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes there's just sometimes there's just really good players in the draft, and sometimes you just can't overthink it in terms of positional value. Um, this pick, I would have loved to have taken a defensive back, but I think they've invested far too much money into the cornerback room at the moment to warrant me doing it because I just don't think a guy like Witherspoon, while I love him and while I would love to see him on the Eagles, I just... I don't see a path for him in the first year here with Bradbury and Slay coming back and obviously Maddox sitting there as well. Um, and they brought in uh, Greedy Williams as well. So they like they they kind of already have a loaded room. So I'm going to do it, boys. I know they brought in Rashad Penny. I'm going to take B. John Robinson at 10. I'm going to do it. Um, nice. I think this is a pick that certain people are going to hate on. I think Eagles fans would be uh, over the moon about it. Uh, at this point, myself included, 
like I said, I think some of these top talents like a Jalen Carter and Skaronsky just might not make it to ten at this point. And if you want to, if you want to hit a home, like I, it's one of those things where you got to think more. I'm, I'm thinking more short term than I am long term here. Uh, you know, with the way this team's constructed, it seems like there's going to be like a maybe a three year window here where they're going to be able to still make some moves uh, and remain really competitive before this Hurts contract like really starts to blow up in terms of numbers. Um, and I think Brandon Bijan is the all of a sudden you're sitting here, you're sitting here all of a sudden with uh, Hertz, Bijan, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard. Um, so this is, I mean, I'm I'm taking Bijan. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll say a quick quick word on him too, because obviously I was hoping to get him with a couple of my teams a little bit later on. Um. But he, I mean, you hit it. You hit out that nail on the head. He's a true game changer, and he's a difference maker at a position where the positional value is not always there. And you could say it's a dime a dozen where you could always find pretty much a productive running back in, in the right system and and everything. But this guy's different. Um, he's got insane vision, insane elusiveness. I mean, his his junior year of Texas, he's almost sixteen hundred rushing yards, eighteen touchdowns. Another 300 <laughs> through the air and two touchdowns there. I mean, he's the right size for it. So he's just, he's the exact pick you want. Eagles probably have the most complete roster in the NFL. So they're in a really unique position to go best player available. And they have another first round pick. So it's like they, they have another opportunity to add to their team. So if, if the running back was ever going to go this high, I think this is the perfect situation because of the player that he is and the team that he's going to. So I think it makes sense. Right. And it's for a team that's uh, like the Eagles that is contending for Super Bowl, like one of the top like three favorites to win Super Bowl. Like it's and this is a glaring need and this and a prospect like this could put him over the edge. Like I, I get it. It's not it's different than like the Giants in 2018 taking Saquon yeah. second overall when they have like a lot of other holes to address. Um. So this makes this makes sense. Yeah, and I want I, I want to preface it too by saying that like if I it, in a in a perfect world for me, like I would have loved if like a Carter or a Skaronsky fell, and I would have I would have really enjoyed that. But besides that, like at this spot, the edge rushers I don't think warrant going that high at this time. Um, obviously, like I said, I would I would have loved for the Eagles to take a, like if they do take a corner, I'm obviously going to be excited about it. It just when when you invest this much money in one off season into your cornerback room, bringing back guys, I, I I don't see I don't see a path where where you could come in and like play meaningful snaps right away, which is unfortunate because like I mean if if it wasn't if this was all just like a a complete business and we're throwing out like what Darius Slade brings to the team like as like a leader as well, I wouldn't have been completely opposed to them letting him walk when he asked for more and just bringing a guy in to go opposite of Bradbury, but Obviously, it's not the way it always works. You obviously have other factors that play into it. So they paid him the money to come back, and I, I, I just don't see a way that they end up doing it at this point, which is unfortunate, but it's the reality. Bijan to the Eagles at 10. I'm up here with the Titans at 11 because Jack has the Texans, and he'll be... Sorry, go ahead. Want me to quick recap the top 10? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, 101, we have Panthers taking Bryce Young. 102, Texans taking Will Anderson. 103 Cardinals, Paris Johnson. 104 Colts, CJ Stroud. 
105 Seahawks, Tyree Wilson. 106 Lions, Christian Gonzalez. 107 Raiders, Anthony Richardson. 108 Falcons, Jalen Carter. 109 Bears, Peter Skaronsky. And 110 Eagles, B. John Robinson. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Number 11, we have the Tennessee Titans. I am going to be picking for them. There's been whispers of them trading up for a, a quarterback in the draft. Uh, however, if I don't know if I've said it on, on the episode. I know Shref or Jack has. I think we're probably all on the same wavelength here, but not big fans of Will Levis on the field. And I think Ryan Tannehill still has enough in the tank to have them at least competitive somewhat in a semi-weak division. Titans, I think, have two needs at offensive line and secondary because offensive line was 30, uh, 32nd ranked post-2022 by PFF. Um, so not very good whatsoever. And if you're the Titans, with still with Derrick Henry for another year or two of his prime, I mean, you still need to impose your will on the offensive line. Uh, however, I will not be going O-line. I'm going to be going to be looking in the secondary because it's still very weak. They allowed the most passing yards per game. I don't know if you guys realized that in 2022 at 274.8 uh, per game. Uh, outside of Kevin Byard, it's pretty weak. And I, I think, you know, for how bad they were as the pass defense last year, and considering that Vrabel's a defensive guy, I feel like that has to bother him at some level. So I think they need to get back to really rounding out their defense. And for this reason, I'm going to lean cornerback as a opposed to addressing the offensive line. And this may shock you guys as well, but uh, I'm going to go Joey Porter Jr. Um, he is really good at disrupting the ball, very physical corner. Uh, he's got a 6'9 wingspan, so he's very, oh. very long, very rangy. And uh, I, I really like Joey Porter Jr. And uh, clearly hoping the Steelers get him in the real draft not just because of the nepotism, but because he's a really good player. So, uh, yeah. So for that, for all those reasons, Joey Porter Jr., Tennessee Titans. Nice. Did you realize he had a six nine wingspan? I didn't know that. No. Yeah. I mean, he, he stands at like six two, I think. Right. I think he's six two or six three, so okay. something like that. Yeah, I like him a lot. Really hope the Steelers get him. Um, hoping a he was a pick. I was hoping to make it seventeen, but uh, I'm up next with the Texans. And are you gonna take Mayo Boy? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I don't. I'm not that high on him. Uh, Mikey Tex may have though. That's true. Um, no, I I think that. I talked about their needs, their biggest needs when I at the second pick. And here I'm gonna go Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh boy. Add to this receiver room of Robert Woods and Nico Collins. Um and yeah, Davis Mills is still gonna be throwing him the ball in this scenario. Um and I don't like I don't think Will I'm not big on Will of us whatsoever. Maybe if he slipped out of the first round, and he, I, I assume the Texans have their own second round pick, and they're picking thirty third. These there, these there, I, I mean, I'll take the risk on them there. Um, 
I don't know, maybe even trade up a little bit into the first round if they want to, but I'm not very comfortable with that either. But um, I'm going to let you talk about Jasmine and Jigba because I know how much you love him. Yeah, he's a. Uh... I think he's the clear-cut number one receiver in this class. Um, people are saying it's a weak class, and it may be, but we also heard that a lot in 2019, that it was, oh, it's a weak wide receiver class and all this yeah. stuff. Um, there was only one taken in the first round. That was Nikhil Harry with the last pick in the first round. But clearly that class has you know, put that projection to, to rest because we got DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Hollywood Brown, like these names go on and on. So I do think that, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's another guy I think we're getting prospect fatigue, and especially because he didn't really play much at all last year. Um, so great hands, great route running, great acceleration. I mean, I mean, the guy put up 1,600 yards, 95 catches, and nine touchdowns in a wide receiver room with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Marvin Harrison Jr. So to outshine all those guys, two guys that have been excellent in the NFL in their first year, and Marvin Harrison Jr., who is probably going to go top five next year in the draft, to outshine all of them, I think is so impressive. So I think this is a really good pick, and I think that I think this wide receiver class is going to surprise some people. I think it's a little bit better than people are saying. So I agree with that. I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. And like you said, yes, Davis Mills will be throwing him the ball this year in this scenario, but you know, maybe a Caleb Williams or Drake May will be throwing him the ball in year two. So yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Like it's not worth Yeah. I mean, maybe Will Levis in the second round, as I said, if he falls there to take the risk. But, but if I don't I mean, me being the gym, if I don't have faith in any of them, it's not worth just like getting a quarterback just for the sake of getting a quarterback. I'd rather wait next year. We got those two guys that look better. I would like them better than all these guys that currently. So, yeah. Yeah, fi- find find the right quarterback. Don't rush into it, for sure. Jets. Uh, this is Shref, I believe. Yeah, and I'm, I think I'm back. Uh, can I ask? So I was, my, my connection's been quite something so far. Uh, who did you take with the Titans, Mitchell? Did you take Devon Witherspoon? Take Joey Porter Jr. Whoa, okay. Interesting. I like that pick. Though. Yep. Thank you. So Witherspoon sliding. Um, well, he's going to continue to slide on this one. Um, Jets, I wouldn't say really have a need. I would, I would say just kind of on defense in general, there's not as much of a need right now for them. Um, you could maybe say somewhere along the defensive line, you could bring someone in, but I think, I think there's some good value right now on the offensive side of the ball and, uh, specifically still with some tackles here. Um, I'm between two and... I think I'm going to go with the guy that I think will actually go higher in the draft, which I, I think is going to be Darnell Wright still. So I'm going to I'm going to take Darnell Wright here at 13. Um, just uh, just a mean boy, both both on the field and apparently in the DMs as well. Uh, he does not does not hold back with his opinions, which I, as a as a viewer I find very funny. But um, there's been some talk over the last what a couple days I'd say, where there's starting to be some character issues that are being voiced. Uh, among circles in this uh, in the league, um, depends how you want to look at it. It could it, these could be very true things, which would be a shame to hear, or it could be teams trying to you know muddy the water and hope that he slides a couple spots. Um, I personally love this guy. 
I think he is he's just like I can, the best way I can describe him he's, he's just nasty he he plays with an edge to him he's not afraid to just put you in the dirt but he does it with good technique um not the most like overly uh, athletic guy um but you know just uh just a real just a mauler um if there's one concern that I would voice for him and it's not necessarily a concern but more like a what if is that the you know this this Tennessee offense um, in college didn't exactly run the ball all that much. It was a lot of throws, a lot of quick throws. So I'll be interested to see what what the run blocking looks like for him. But I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm worried about it. Um, and then the comparison that I have for him is good old good old DJ Fluker boys. Um, just yeah, just a just an absolute mauler, big boy, not afraid to put you in the dirt. Uh, and I don't know. I think he fits the the culture of this Jets team well. So yeah, Darnell Wright going to the Jets. Yeah, that's a pretty solid pick. Um, oh boy! So much for Sorry, there's an ad playing on my computer. injuries. Okay, sorry about that. That was so inappropriate. You had a good voice. Uh, yeah, very deep and burly. <laughs> uh, okay, there you go. And also, I think it's pretty funny because like Aaron Rodgers isn't technically the quarterback of no, the Jets not. yet. He is. He is not. <laughs> I think everyone's not. just going in with that assumption. So. Yeah. That has not happened yet. There is a world that exists that Zach Wilson still takes <laughs> snaps as the Jets quarterback. I just want everyone to be aware of that. Or does a world exist where Will Levis is taking snaps for the Jets? <laughs> God. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Anything can really happen. I'm up here with the Patriots at pick 14. I really, really wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba here, so I'm upset that Jack uh, took him. Because, I mean, I think the Patriots, although they did bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, it's still pretty bleak. I mean, outside of him, you got Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne, and they're, you know, Parker's 30, Bourne's 28. They're both unrestricted free agents at the after this season. So um, definitely a, a tough room. And I, I don't know, I really am thinking another wide receiver here. I know it just kind of slightly hyped up the wide receiver class, but I still don't think at this point in the draft that they're worth taking. I think there's some other guys and, you know, I do think there's a couple other first round guys that I would say are worthy of taking, but again, not until probably the twenties. So not quite now. Um, I'm going to pivot a little bit. I'm going to just take best player I think is available right now. I don't think this is a need for the Patriots. But I do think, you know, it's it's never going to hurt to go best player available. I'm going to go with Devin Witherspoon. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mentioned he's a little bit on the smaller side, but I still think that tenacity that he plays with makes up for that. Very good football instincts, and he really flies to the ball. I mean, I've seen a couple of clips where he's just all of a sudden comes out of nowhere and makes a tackle. So I just think he's a really good football player. And, you know, at the end of the day, people can overcome size concerns if you're just that good. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. And like I said, I think tackle, especially right tackle could be a, a place they could look at, but we've kind of picked a lot of, we've, we picked the top four, I'd say, and Skaronsky Johnson, um, have we only picked three, only three. Okay. Yeah. I think these guys, in my opinion, are in a tier of their own. So I don't really feel comfortable taking one at this point. Maybe if they wanted to trade down in the real draft, they could do that and pick a tackle. But I think I'm comfortable with Witherspoon here at 14 with the Patriots. Yeah, I like that pick. I think in 
I think in a in in a real world scenario where trades are happening, I, I if Witherspoon fell past like the Eagles pick at ten, I think you'd see teams trading up right away. So I mean, it, it, the fact that he's still there at fourteen, that's a it's an easy pick for whoever was on the board, in my opinion. Yeah, Mitchell, I I'm up next with the Packers, and cornerback is not a need at all for them. But I was pro I was leaning towards taking him if he was still there, just because he's the talent. Very nice. Well, we'll get to decide what you're doing now with the Packers because you're on the clock. This is true. Um, so, Packers are in a new era. Aaron Rodgers, if he's not, he's not, he may not take snaps for the Jets, but he's definitely not taking snaps for the Packers this year. Mm-hmm. And I think the Packers are going to want to Take care of Jordan Love and learn from their maybe mistakes of handling of drafting who they drafted uh, in the first round for Aaron Rodgers over his career. Um, they need the offensive line's fine; it's good. Um, backfield, great running back duo. Uh, they desperately need a pass catcher. Outside of Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs or Dobbs, who he's not even a sure thing. I mean, Christian Watson looked great, but Dobbs looked a little inconsistent, good at times. But their receivers are Jeff Cotton, Bo Melton, and Samurai Torre. Bo um, Melton, Rutgers alum. Right, that's right. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go receiver, though. I'm going to go tight end, and I'm going to go Dalton Kincaid. I like it. Dang, I thought you were going to go with someone near and dear to your heart. I already wrote it down. I was being a little uh, cocky, but... Yeah. Um, okay. King, I like Kincaid. I like... And then he's... Uh, you may not... Maybe surprise you, but he's my favorite tight end in this class. Not Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Um, there are different styles of tight ends. Uh, and Dalton Kincaid is the more pure pass catching tight end, which is what I'd want for Jordan Love. Um and watching his highlights in tape, he's I mean it's just irresponsible to make a Travis Kelsey comp, but he moves kinda like him. Um that's just kinda I don't know, I like Michael Mayer, he's more of a blocker. He's not extremely athletic. I mean, he he was very productive in the past game, but Dalton Kincaid is just someone I trust a lot more. Um, and just more dynamic player in open space, and I think it could open up a lot of possibilities with Christian Watson and uh, himself. And I think they should still even go in this scenario, uh, maybe a slot receiver in the second or third rounds. Um. So yeah, that's my that's my pick there. I like it. It would be really funny though, after all those years yeah, yeah. not taking a receiver in the first yeah. round, if they finally did the year that Aaron Rodgers leaves, that would be absolutely hilarious. But it's nice left heel on the way out. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now we have the Washington Commanders. 16, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll be represented by Mr. Schreff. Yes. Now, nah, I don't want to say, I, again, 
I, I was going to say something, but I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm going to bite my tongue. Okay. Commanders are up at 16. Where are they going? Yeah. Um, well, this pick for me, this is a, this is a big what I would do thing. I, I, a lot of if if the board, like let's say in a in a world where this draft board shakes out exactly how we have it right now, and the commanders are sitting here, it we we would get a we would get a real good look into how they really feel about Sam Howell here. Um, you know, they've it seems like they've been they've been pretty outright about thinking that he's gonna kind of be their guy going into this year. Not necessarily like the guy, but they seem comfortable with him. Um, obviously Levis is still just kind of sitting here. I'm not gonna take him because this is what we would do. Um, for me, this is a perfect intersection of need, talent, and also just like location as well. Um, I'm going to take Deontay Banks, uh, the cornerback out of Maryland here. Um, doesn't have to travel too far uh, to get to get to his place here. Um, just like another one of these guys in this class, like Witherspoon's kind of the outlier on these top guys, but just like these big, long, and like fast corners that are just going to be able to run with anyone in this league. Um, and we're looking in this division, and all of a sudden, like, you know, you need a guy who's going to be able to cover an AJ Brown, a Devonte Smith, a CD Lamb, uh, and like any of these guys. There's a lot, a lot of weapons in this division that, that have to be that have to be looked at uh, seriously. So um, this is a cornerback room right now that's like fine. They have Fuller, they have Benjamin St. Juice, they just added, um, I think Cameron Dantzler from the Vikings. Um, so like you have guys there, but I, I'd, I'd be surprised if they if they feel completely confident that they can throw those three guys out there and, and win with them. So um, Deontay Banks, I, I, I think this corner class is, I, I would say the corner class in this, in this year is probably the most talented position group um, top to bottom. Um, so I, I'm not going to be surprised to see this many guys coming off this early. So Deontay Banks at 16. All right. I do like it. Um, I do. I have, I have some, some weird feeling that I think the Steelers are going to get him in the real draft Ooh. at 17. I don't this know why, that but that's just where, like, this is that range right here where a lot of these like corners that could, could either like kind of go way up the board or move, or make their way down. So it'll be interesting. Right. Speaking of the Steelers, Jack is going to be picking first for the Steelers. I will be doing the 32nd pick. So we split it up there. Um, but what is Jack going to do for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, so I was thinking or hoping one of the three cornerbacks would fall here and get the legacy pick in Joey Porter Jr. And that's not possible. Taken by Mitchell of the Titans. Um, I'm going to go tackle and I think the next best tackle will be Broderick Drones out of Georgia. Uh, he's huge. I think he's six, five. I forget the weight. Oh, I actually have it up here. Uh, six five, three eleven. He's he's a big boy. Yeah, and he's very. He's young. Yep. Still can develop even more. Mm-hmm. But he was a starting left tackle on back-to-back national championship teams. Did not allow one sack last year in four hundred fifty uh, pass block scenarios. Um. From what I I'd, I'd, I'd say that's pre- I'd say that's pretty good. It's not bad, right? <laughs> Going against SEC uh, pass rushers, and from what I read, he can still develop. He relies a lot on his like natural raw strength, yeah. and it's going to require more to be successful in the NFL. But um, I don't know. He's had success so far in his football career. 
and confident that the Steelers can help him progress that even further. And we desperately need someone to protect Kenny. And our current left tackle, I don't think is good. <laughs> and um, yeah, this just, uh, I think he could be a cornerstone on that. A good bookend to protect Kenny's blind side for years to come. At least I'd hope so. Do you want my Straff, I what are your I was gonna say what are your thoughts in, in pro comp? So he is my he's my number four overall tackle, uh slotting him behind Darnell Wright. Um first thing I have is interesting prospect if you're if you're a team who values like a potential a little bit of a project but with like enormous upside, then this is this is gonna be the guy that you're looking at hundred percent. Um just like like you said, just like a just a powerful guy. Uh knows how to use his power pretty well, plays with crazy strength like you said jack the the technique is still has a, a yet to be a little left to be desired for sure um so i think ideally and i, I feel like the steelers are a good place where he's not going to be i mean i don't know i'm assuming he'll would, would, would he start day one um i don't know the steelers aren't aren't um don't get too excited and like rush them into week one starters so yeah. um well because i wouldn't be opposed to start week one because I still even think a a raw Project Jones is better an upgrade from Dan Moore. But if they if they don't want to start him right away in week to. one, then they yeah I I don't they yeah. won't rush him into it. Well, that's I, key, I would think because that's part of what I had too is that like I think I, I think he's a guy where I think team fit is going to be big for him. If you can get him in a place where he's not like relied on to be the guy right off the bat, I, I think you I think you're looking at a at a really talented player here. Um, player comparison. Do you guys remember Donald Penn? Yeah, wasn't he on the he was uh, a, Raiders? He was a Raiders tackle. Just a just a big beefy boy and just like insane strength. He was beefy. Just, yeah, just a powerful guy. So it's like it, it's the he's one of these guys where I like he he fell here. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked at all if we saw him go in the top like fifteen picks just just for the just for the upside and like the projection alone with him. So he he's an exciting one. I think that's a, a very good pick for the Steelers. Okay. I will take that into consideration when I pick uh, later on at the end of the episode here at 32. I'm up here at 18 with the Detroit Lions. I picked for them previously at six. I took uh, Christian Gonzalez there. Uh, so right here with the with Detroit, I'm gonna I'm looking at their team. I mean, James Houston and and uh, Aiden Hutchinson combined for 17 and a half sacks Great. last year in their first year. So, I mean, I think they're, they could be set, uh, for now, at least with their young guys rushing the passer, Josh Pascal, And like I said, good. very good, good, good rotational. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Second round pick last year. So I, and with all the additions they brought in in the secondary, um, I think they could be set there and we could look, I was definitely heavily considering Kincaid, um, so that was a good pick by Jack as well, because you know right now their tight end room is Brock Wright, uh, Shane Zolstra, and James Mitchell. So guys that are pretty unproven and 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 such. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on the line on defense because you know I think the Lions they're they like to get nasty, they like to win in the trenches. So I'm I'm gonna go with Kalijah Cansey out of Pitt. Love it. Uh, really high energy player plays with a lot of tenacity, good production, um, for a tackle. I believe I wrote down, he has 14 and a half sacks in his last two seasons. 
So that's really good for a for an interior defensive lineman. Knock on him again is the size because he's only six one and I think he's slightly under three hundred. But I mean, like I said, if you're a good football player, and I don't want to, I don't want to completely undermine it because there are scenarios where you know eventually the NFL is clearly those guys are bigger and stronger. So, but. I think if you're good enough, you're good enough. And I think he may be the case there. So, Kalaja can't see. I think he fits the personality of the Lions, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they're going to be really building something special. I mean, I think right now they're the favorite to win the North. And I think they. I think those odds will only you know, get they better have to, after this draft, too, with two picks in the first. Exactly. I mean, they have to go out there and prove it and win the football games. But I do think at this point they do deserve to be that. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, you know, Getting Christian Gonzalez and Cansey, yeah. I think those could be two really, really solid cool. pieces to a defense that needs help, but is does have some upside to it. So there you go. He's so fun. Um, I would like it in terms of fit. I think it's perfect with the lines, partly because like I mean, if you if you saw like with Aiden Hutchinson, he was playing on the edge most of the year, but they were also moving him around like all throughout the defensive line. So it's it's clear that they they are willing and ready to have guys who can kind of play wherever they need them to at the time. Um, Cansey's a guy mm-hmm. that I think has the speed and the power to win kind of wherever on the defensive line that he wants to. I know the arms are a concern, yada, yada, yada. But like you said, Mitchell, sometimes like sometimes you just have to watch him play and it's just like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like sometimes you got to overlook some. some I, I, that, that's a big thing in this class, I think, is a lot of these guys have certain like physical traits that make people, you know, you know, want to shy away from him. But then you, you watch him play and it's like it's a no brainer. So I, I think I think he's one of those guys. Yeah, his his specialties okay. getting after the quarterback, uh, which is rare, rare for a defensive tackle. I mean, he could, he's fine in 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 run stoppage situations, but that's not his strong suit, which kind of makes sense given his size. And yeah, he's just so quick, uh, can just get around big offensive linemen at six one. He's still like, how much is he? Good he weigh in at? Is it like two eighty? It's like two eighty something. I thought something like that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we love him. I I think he'd be a great addition to many defensive lines. Yeah, out of all the teams for him to go to, I like obviously being in the NFC with the Eagles isn't ideal with that, but like I I feel like they would know exactly what to do with him. So I I would be very happy with with him going there. Bucks are up here at nineteen, and I've lost track of who is up with the it Bucks here. Okay, I'm gonna now I'm gonna do it. No, okay. So bef- Oh, you're gonna oh, do yeah, it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll 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 just get right into it. I'm gonna do it. Um, I I don't I don't I don't love this guy. I think, uh, like I said before, I think if you're if you're looking at these top four quarterbacks in this draft class, I think they all have certain things that, um, you know, kind of would make you look at them a little bit closer and be like, do we really want this or not? I think with Levis, he he's just he's. He's coming in with exactly how exactly what the Zach Wilson type of thing. And people predicted it and like saw it coming and it's happening right before our eyes where like you you saw the footwork, you saw the ability to kind of read the defense, you saw the accuracy issues, and then you watched him throw at the combine and it's like, whoa, like there might be something to this guy. Um but I feel like one thing that hasn't been talked about him a lot either is he, he he's twenty four. He's not He's not a uh, he's not like a young spry quarterback that you'll see coming out of some of these drafts sometimes. Like you know, the age is already up there. 
Um, but either way, I, I do still think that there's enough upside for him to warrant him being a first-round selection. I think Tampa Bay in this situation would definitely do it, so I'm going to take him here. Um, do I want him starting year one? I do not. So I think having uh, Baker over there is, is, is a good a good enough stopgap for a year. Um, you know, I there, there, there's a path where he could end up being good. The arm talent's there. And like the, it, it is effortless. That that's the one thing I do want to. That's the one thing I do want to say and give credit to him for is that like, not only does he have the big arm, but when he makes these throws, he makes it look like he's not even like trying at all, and it just kind of comes out of the hand like perfect, perfect spiral every time. So there's there's traits that can definitely be developed here. It's going to all come down to coaching staff and what they can do with them. But I think at this point, it's it, it's warranted to to stop the slide here. So Levis at nineteen. Hey, Shreff, what's wrong with 24-year-old rookie quarterbacks? Well, you know, it's just they're a little older. I'm not, you know, there's certain guys who, you know, there's certain guys who I, I love. Know. I know. Certain guys who I love. Actually, you know what? Wentz, Wentz, was, a tw- Wentz was one of those guys, too. So. Well, I'm saying, I only said that because oh, I know. Me, but but he, he's different. He's, yeah. he's perfect. He's, he's fine. He does everything well. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because, like, yes, Kenny was a little bit older. There are some physical limitations. But at the but end of the day, like... Polished. He came out more polished. He actually put up very good production. Will Levis didn't do that. Kenny won. Levis didn't do that. So I just the other it's it's hard it's hard, credit, it's hard for me to see. The other credit I will give Levis to that, that that I think is a reason why teams are probably higher on him than like the public is is that he was playing in a very like NFL pro style offense at Kentucky, like legitimately having to like make a, a lot of reads, not not as easy. So I, I will give him some credit for that. That that I do think he'll have. A leg up on some guys just based off of like knowledge of playbooks and play calling in the first place um but you know there there's still there, there's flaws and it's, it's the same as richardson but i like like we said earlier i think richardson's athleticism and just overall uh you know talent i think kind of outweighs him on that one but if tampa bay did this at 19 i i, I would not consider it to be a bad pick okay yeah it's getting to the point where it, i'm i wouldn't touch him in the top 10 yeah, I think um, four. But, I think you know, four, as you get further rich. down the front, I know the Colts seem to be linked to him big time, but I think four four feels rich for me for him big time. Okay, Jack is up here at twenty with the Seahawks. He picked Tyree Wilson at pick number five. Um, so what's Seattle doing with uh, their second pick, which is their own? Uh, yeah, and as I stated about their needs at pick five, it's really just defensive line. And I had a Tyre Wilson on the edge at five, and I'm gonna add Brian Brzee in the middle uh, at twenty. Uh, I like him a lot. He stands at six six, nearing three hundred pounds. I think he's like two nineties. Um, he moves so fast, from what it looks like to me. Um, able to get after the quarterback at at the tackle position, and also stop the run. Um, he was the number one overall recruit in 2020 coming out of high school. And, I mean, granted, he's still slotted to be like a late first rounder, which, I mean, if you want to say that, if if that would mean he underperformed in his college career, you could maybe attribute that to what he had to deal with off the field mm-hmm. and not even in his control. I think his sister died of brain cancer midseason last year and i think he has something else happened to him yeah he's gonna be a big family uh, related he's gonna big he's gonna be a big like uh like 10 minute story after he gets yeah guy on draft night, yes which like, right 
I've never been a fan of because I think it's in poor taste most of the time. But it's it's a hundred percent going to happen with him. But I, I I I also want to say that I you know he probably goes higher. Like I I want to say that like those things off the field. I'm assuming probably did impact a lot of what was going on on the field with him. So I like. Yeah. I don't think it's something he should be faulted for when it comes to his evaluation. Yeah, and watching him on on uh like highlights of him, he reminds me a lot of Cam Hayward. Like he he moves like so fast for his size. Um he's a little bit taller and I guess not as stout as Cam, maybe slightly, but he moves fast, and he's just like all over the place, which is like not what you'd expect for where he's at his position. Um, I like him a lot, and I feel like I'm higher on him than a lot of rankings I see. Yeah. Um. So I think that's adding Brian Brzezinski and Tyre Wilson to this to Seahawks defensive line. That would be, I think, would be awesome if they did that. All right, there you go, Brian Brzezinski to the. Seattle Seahawks. I'm up here at 21 with the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I think there are two positions that I'd be looking at here. I think offensive line could definitely need some depth, especially at right tackle. Um, there's one guy I'm considering there, but I'm not going to do it. I'm actually going to pick wide receiver, and I'm going to go with Jordan Addison here. Yeah. He's a always I I wrote down he's a world class route yes, runner. Um great hands, great production, clearly in a so, uh, sophomore year at Pitt in 2021. Um and it's not like he really fell off that much this year at USC. He was injured for a portion of the season but still put up really good numbers with the Heisman winner and uh Caleb Williams. So I feel like from what I've read, like the fantasy community is like fading him a little bit because of his weight. And he's only 173 pounds, okay. but I don't, I don't really buy that because just of the way that the NFL is changing, like we're seeing these smaller receivers have success. I mean, just the guys that come off in fantasy and also in, in real life too, like they're important players. The game is becoming faster and, and like quicker like that. So, I mean, you see Devonte Smith, he's a, Big example. He's lighter than Addison. They'll put up a tremendous rookie season and obviously even developed more in his sophomore season. Hollywood Brown is really small. He's had really good production. Tyler Lockett, you know, another small guy. Deontay Johnson's Arnold, not the biggest guy. Arnold Mooney, Jahan Dotson caught like seven or eight touchdowns last year in his rookie year. So we're seeing guys that are small come into the league and and produce. So I just think that with the route running that he possesses and he's just a really good receiver. And I, I, I don't, um, I'm not going to buy into that fading him because of his weight, because it's just, there's more and more examples of guys just coming in and producing, like I said. So I, I like this pick, you know, Keenan Allen's getting up there in age. Mike Williams had some health concerns and also is getting a little bit older. So I think it's good to replenish the weapons for Justin Herbert. I love the pick. Me and Jeff love him. Yep. Obviously, she do too. Um, she do love him, and uh, I, when I, as a prospect, um, just viewing him as a prospect, I guess not a fan. I like a lot that he he was able to be successful in two completely different style offenses yeah. in Pitt and then USC, and also at 
two different positions of wide receiver. He played primarily in the slot at Pitt and then moved and play- to the uh, like the X position at USC. So just the versatility is great and could be successful in a lot of NFL offenses um, paired with many receivers at, with that. So, yeah. And I'm, I'm right. And it's not, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but like, it's not like he's walking into a room where he has to demand yeah. all the targets right away. You still have Keenan Allen, you still have Mike Williams and you have a top five to seven quarterback throwing you the ball. Yeah. So I, I was going to say too, insane route just running. to follow up on it too. Like I, the route running is obviously what he's, what he's going to make his money off of here. But like the, I don't think his 40 time or his combine time reflect the game speed that he shows as well. I mean, Jack and I saw it at Pitt a bunch where like, especially watching on TV, you would see Kenny launch it up and you were like, I wonder what's going to happen here. And then it, the camera would pan over and it would be Jordan Addison, like 15 yards past his cornerback. So like, so like I I understand that like you know the combine speed is going to be looked at and it's going to be like well if he's that small he should at least be like blazing fast. I'm not going to say he's blazing fast, but you watch you turn on any sort of highlights of him like the game speed's there. So I'm not the the forty time does not deter me at all from taking him with, with a first round pick at all. So let me uh, before we get to twenty two, we forgot to recap. I'm going to recap picks eleven through twenty one. Titans at 11, I picked Joey Porter Jr. Uh, 12 for the Texans. Jack picked Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, 13, Shreff for the Jets, picked Darnell Wright. 14 for the Patriots, I picked cornerback Devin Witherspoon. At 15 uh, for the Packers, Jack picked tight end Dalton Kincaid. At 16 for the Commanders, Shreff picked the De- uh, cornerback Deontay Banks. At 17 for the Steelers, Jack picked offensive tackle Broderick Jones. At 18 for the Lions, I picked defensive tackle Kalijah Kansi. At 19 for the Bucks, draft pick quarterback Will Levis. At 20 for the Seahawks, Jack picked defensive tackle Brian Breesey. And at 21 for the Chargers, I picked wide receiver Jordan Addison. We're up here at 22 with the Ravens, and this is Shreff, yes, right? Yes. Um, so in real life and in our draft here, this, this kind of seems like the spot where we might get a run on receivers a little bit. You have a lot of teams that... You have a lot of teams in this range that I, I would say have a, a number one, but probably, but you could, you'd be looking for a number two or someone that can just kind of fill in there. I'm going to do it with Baltimore here. Um, this is, this is an in, Baltimore is one of these teams where a week from now, this, this situation could look completely different. We still don't know what's happening with Lamar Jackson. Um, you bring an OBJ on what I would say is a, not a great contract from their perspective. Um, if they think he's going to get back to what he was, then good for them. Then in that case, he's definitely worth the money, but I'd, I struggle to see how that's how that's going to happen. But either way, no matter what, there's still a, a need at receiver, I would say. And if you're going to want to keep Lamar there, then I would say it would be smart to try to build around him more. Um, so I'm going to go with Zay Flowers here. Um, I think him and Addison are probably going to be slotted pretty much right next to each other, depending how this shakes out. So either or I wouldn't be upset with here for them. Um, just another, another shifty dude. Uh, just a uh, great route runner, clean. Doing at Boston College, uh, playing against the ACC, like solid competition was making it work. Um, I feel like a guy that kind of rose up boards late just because of obviously being from Boston College, not as much the name recognition, but um, a guy that I wouldn't be surprised to be the either the first or the second receiver off the board, probably second with Smith and Jigba. Um, but yeah, the Ravens, the Ravens just need more weapons. You'd you trade away Hollywood Brown, who was Lamar Jackson's best friend, probably not the smartest idea on their part. That's what they did. 
Um, Rashad Bateman, I like a lot, but very injury prone so far to start off his career. Just hasn't been able to stay on the field too too much. Um, so you bring in Zay Flowers, and all of a sudden you're looking at looking at him, Bateman, Odell as your three. I still I still wouldn't consider that to be like a top tier uh, receiver room, but it's it's a lot more it's a lot better than what it's been the last couple of years. So uh, I think if I think if they're in this position, I think Zay Flowers is the the easy selection for them. Yeah, he. I love yeah, Zay. He's yeah. absolutely dynamic with the ball said, in his I, hands. This and, receiver class, I, I I like this receiver class more than more than I think a lot of people seem to. I think people are just biased because there's not many tall yeah. guys, and the tall guy's the one that uh, I think's gonna I d- fall the most too. That that's the funny thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I I just think that that's kind of an antiquated opinion. I don't think you have to be this six four, two hundred and fifteen pound guy to have success. So. Uh okay, Jack's up at twenty three for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, some I mean, I I doubt you're going to take Hendon Hooker here, but there's been some rumblings of them taking quarterback from what yeah. I've heard. But I don't think Jack's going to do that here. What are you going to do? Um, yeah, if I were the Vikings and if I wanted to go future quarterback, I would probably pursue Trey Lance, which I saw some reports about. Um, I, like that. I wouldn't want to do that through the draft, um, at least, especially with not who's currently there um, in this mock draft. Uh, I wanted to get Zay Flowers here. Uh, they, with Thielen gone, they have a glaring need at wide receiver two alongside Jefferson, because right now they're looking at KJ Osborne and Jalen Naylor. Uh, I think. Um, but I think there's a pretty clear tier break at those top three receivers, in my opinion, that are gone. So I think they should address that in the second round if they wanted to go there. So I'm next looking at uh, the defensive side and kind of needs help all over the field. Um, Our outside linebacker depth is solid. They have Daniel Hunter, Zary Smith, Marcus Davenport, but um, interior, they lost Dalvin Tomlinson to the, uh, the Browns. Um, their secondary, they lost Patrick Peterson to the Steelers, who had five picks in 2022. Um, other than that, notable names they have back there is Harrison Smith and Byron Murphy. Um, so they can kind of go best player available on the defensive side. That's kind of my strategy here. And the one I like the most, I'm going to go Nolan Smith. I like it. Um, edge rusher out of Georgia. He is undersized. I believe he's 6'2", 235, 240, like upper 230s, which that's kind of the biggest concern I've seen. Um, but I'm not too concerned about that. He was able to find success in the SEC. And I kind of like that his size. He's just he's so quick. He can attack from so many different gaps. Like the versatility is is not it's kind of like it's rare what he has, like not in what most edge rushers have. It comes at the cost of lack of size a little bit, but he's still 6'2", which isn't like terribly short. And if he can get his weight up to like two in the 240s, that's fine. Um, and I just love his versatility. I feel like there's, it's not a like a great comparison, but it's kind of like Michael Parsons being able to throw him in a, at a lot of different scenarios. Um, and the Vikings need that help on the defensive side with the amount of holes they have. So um, I think it's 
We saw it. Who was the um the 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 linebacker that the that at a Clemson the Cardinals? Um, Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. Simmons. I don't think it's like that. I think he's more refined in his pass rushing ability. Um, that he has something that he's definitely good at. Like he's not a um jack of all trades, master of none, which can kind of be a little alarming. Um, so he has something that he's he can be very very good at. But just thrown in in different types of sets and and schemes. So I, uh, yeah, that's my Nolan Smith. That's my my Vikings pick. I'm going Nolan Smith. I love him. He was uh, when I was when I was debating with Bijan at ten. He was one of the guys that I was seriously considering at ten. So I I'm a huge fan of him. Big thing. Two main things. One surprisingly good run defender. Like that. That's one thing at Georgia that they kind of instill in you from like right off the bat. It seems like is just like you got to be able to stop the run. He did that well. Second, he did an interview with um, I don't know if you guys know Trevor Sikama. He's one of the PFF guys. Um, he he talked with him and basically when Trevor was asking him about like what's going to be different with the NFL, he was saying how like at Georgia because of how focused they were on stopping the run, he was playing more kind of stacked in on the line. And if you look at like the NFL today with some of these top edge rushers, these guys are coming from way outside of the edge, giving themselves time to kind of get their speed and their quickness going to make moves. I feel like getting him in that situation where he's going to be coming off of more of like a legit edge roll, I think he could be very dangerous. So he's one of these guys where I I, I could see him going as high as like a top 10 pick just because it, it seems like the upside is is pretty much like everything you can want. And he also apparently is just like a really good dude. Like every Georgia, like he, he was like the, the man on the defense of that Georgia team in terms of like leadership apparently. So, I mean, that, that obviously takes a special kind of guy with how many – uh, NFL guys that they had on those defenses. So, okay, there you have it, Nolan Smith, um, to the Minnesota Vikings. I'm up here. I was really nervous that Jack was going to poach my pick here. I'm up with the Jacksonville Jaguars at 24. Uh, when he said best player available on defense, I, I my heart kind of dropped a little bit, but uh, thankfully he did not go in the direction I thought he was. Um, so for the Jags, you know, we're looking here. Tackle is a slight concern. They did lose Jawan Taylor. Uh, so they have Cam Robinson and Walker Little. So I think they could definitely look to improve that. And I do think it's very important as we've, you know, driven home the point at nauseum that you need to protect your young quarterback in the NFL. It's like probably the number one priority. However, I think this defense still needs a little bit of work. And I'm going to take. I think the best player that's still left on the board on defense, I'm going to take safety Brian oh, Branch. So this is like every mock draft uh, has him going to Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I, I think it's Perfect a good fit. Um, Jacksonville is building a really nice culture um, there, and I think he could s- slip right in and contribute. Uh, he's got decent size for the position, and he's very versatile. I've seen that he could probably play nickel. That's where I think he'll be. That's um, where I think I, he'll mostly play. Yeah, so he could play there. Obviously, play safety um, if need be. Very foot, very high football IQ from what I've read, um, and just a very strong leader and smart football player. The knock on him has been his. He did run a slow forty. I think he was high four yeah. fives, like four five eight or something, which isn't. Not it's not the best, but you know, as we as we've seen forty times, I'd say like 90 to 95% of the time are kind of an overrated metric. Especially it doesn't really like, matter that, that much. 
with, with the agree. instincts that he has and just like he like he puts himself in positions where this like he doesn't need the speed to like catch up the, like he he I've, I've seen so many things that like he's basically just like the quarterback of your defense like he's so smart he knows where to be at all times like i i think the i think the combine is making it so whatever team gets him is probably going to get like maybe the biggest steal the first round in my opinion yeah, so I, I think it's a really solid pick, and I think that uh, it could really help solidify the Jags' defense that, again, still has some pieces similar to the Lions, but definitely needs a little bit of work still. So Brian Branch to the Jags. Giants are up here, and we have Shreff picking for them. What are the Giants going to do? Yeah, this is one where um, we, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but I, I think we're all kind of in lockstep here where we have – you know, you have the top three receivers, and I, I, I do think there's a bit of a drop off after that. Um, and the Giants are in that position where, you know, if if one of those three were were still sitting here, this would have been the easiest pick of my life. But since they're not, I think I'm going to pivot a little bit, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a guy that I think I've seen like kind of all over the place in terms of where he's going to get drafted. But I think the, I think the athletic upside is 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 too much. I, I think a team's gonna gonna swing the bat at him here in the at, towards the end of the first. I'm gonna take Trenton Simpson. Um, the linebacker out of Clemson. Um, very, very similar to kind of what Isaiah Simmons was coming out. Uh, safety, like a safety build, but plays strong enough and plays big enough in terms of uh, run defense and just kind of stopping ball carriers where it makes sense to put him at linebacker. Um, this is a Giants team that obviously the the D-line is starting to kind of shape up into form with Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon and uh, B.J. Ojolari, or Aziz Ojolari, Aziz Ojolari, that's who it is. Um you have the pass rush there. I, I I think you want someone who you trust a little bit more, kind of probably wearing the green dot there in, in the middle of the field. Um, but yeah, Trent Simpson can cover a lot of ground, ran a, let me see, I have his 40 time up here somewhere. Um, I think he ran like a 4-4, four, 4-4-3 four, 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 at linebacker, which is absurd. And then also, obviously, this is what we would do, but I will also mention that apparently like the Giants have been the team that have spent the most time with him. So they're they're clearly looking for linebacker, and I agree. I think they need linebacker, so I, I, I think this works out well. So I'm going to take Trenton Simpson. Might be a little early from what we see in the draft, but I with that with that athleticism upside, I'd, I'd, I'd be shocked if a team's not going to bite the bullet on him this early. All right, there you go, Trent Simpson, and uh, yeah, I think it's cool that you know they um, they like Clemson they're, guys over there. So. The Giants in, inside linebackers coach, I forget his name, but he's the one who ran like their their pro Clemson's pro day drills. So like they're like they're they're doing their homework on him. Right. Yeah, I uh, I think that's a, that's a good fit there in 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 New York. Next up here, we got the Dallas Cowboys. Jack, you're picking for Dallas. Um, Cowboys. Oh, I think I know what you're going to do, and I'm going to be upset about theme. it. Because if this happens in real life, I'm going to be so upset. Uh, I think the offense is still really solid all around. The line's good. Wire suit room is really good. Got an upgrade with uh, Brandon Cooks this all season. Could use a second running back, but... Not in the first round. Uh, defensively, st- still solid too. I think they can use an upgrade in interior defensive line and maybe the safety group as well, um, which I was kind of would love to get Brian Branch here, but he's gone. Um, and Clyde Jacanti as well. He's also gone. 
Uh, I'm going to pivot back to the offense side, and I'm going to go Dang Michael it. Mayer. This is, <laughs> it's the one thing I don't want them to do. In this is that you thought? I'm so upset if they do. Is that who's their current? Is it's, it Ferguson? Jake Ferguson would be their um, yeah. Peyton Hendershot yeah. and Jake Ferguson. Right, and this feels like a very Cowboy it Jerry is. Jones. A little bit of flashy pick, but I mean, it's he's a great player. Like he's definitely worthy of being taken here. Um, I loved watching him past three years in Notre Dame. Very productive in Notre Dame in the passing game, which I mentioned he's not very quick or athletic. I guess you could say. But he was still insanely productive. I, he may have been, I think he has the most yards or receptions in tight end history in Notre Dame, which there's been some good tight ends that come out of there. Or one of either yards, catches, or touchdowns. I don't remember. But um, so that just shows that how talented he actually is if his athleticism isn't there, but he can still be that productive at a, a place like Notre Dame. And he's he's beefy, very good run blocker too. So uh, a complete tight end. And I think the draft comp, I'm remembering it, that I saw on, I think it was CBS Sports, was, uh, yeah, Jason Witten. Yeah, so I, I don't disagree with that'd that That'd be interesting. So here's my pick there. I think that would be a great fit and make the offense even more dynamic. Yeah, I'd be sad if they did that. That'd be a very good pick and I'd be upset about it. Yeah, it's it's not hard to envision the Cowboys picking a skill yeah. position player because that seems to be their Jerry mo. Loves, Jerry loves making splashes, man. He does. I'm up here at 27 with the Buffalo Bills, uh, and this is a this is a player that you know as he's been creeping down this board. I was kind of hoping that you know I could pick him at the Steelers pick at 32, but uh, I don't think it's I don't think it would be fair to me because I do think this player is probably one of the best players available still. So it wouldn't be, you know, right for me to let purposely let him slide to the Steelers. So um, I'm going to go with uh, Lucas Van Ness at edge rusher out of Iowa. I think that he is going to be, I think he's definitely going to get picked higher than this in the real NFL draft. Where he's going to go. I think he'll be a top, 15 to 20 pick. Um, but he's still kind of on the younger side. He's got a, he was only a red shirt sophomore to declare. Um, I mean, he's got the ideal size. He's six, five two seventy five, So he's a really big boy, decent 40 time, uh, very strong, very fast. Um, apparently from what I've read, like he needs to be a little bit more consistent and, you can see the the high end traits that he possesses, but he needs to kind of uh, play with them in a little bit more of a consistent mm-hmm. manner. Um, and there's definitely some, you know, tactical parts of his game that he needs to work on. But I do think the upside's really there for him. And you know, the Bills, especially you got Von Miller, but he's 34. Um, how much longer is he going to be around there? So I think to develop a guy like Van Ness would be really big for the Bills. Um, and I, I've heard, again, not to mention the Move the Sticks podcast again, but Dar- Daniel Jeremiah like is very big on these AFC teams adding offensive skill position players to kind of keep up in the arms race with uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But almost as equally as important, I can mention, is yeah. trying to get after him. So 
add a nice developmental piece in Van Ness, I think uh, could be really important if he develops the way that he could. Yeah, so. I, I like him at that spot. He, he's the definition of a traits over production guy. Um, I'm a little worried. He, he's, he's someone that's been connected to the Eagles, and while I would like it later in the draft, I, if, if they do it at 10, I'm not going to love it as much just because, like we said, like with that high of a pick, you ideally want someone who matches the, the traits and also with the production, which he does not. But this this late on in the draft, I think it's a home run pick. I think it's a it's a very good bet on a project that could work out. Yeah. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals, Shreff, you are up. We are almost rounding out this mm-hmm. uh, first round. I'm gonna do. I'm I'm gonna have some more fun here with this one. Um. So Jack taking Michael Mayer to Dallas. Uh, that that would have been the easiest pick of my life with the Bengals here. But I'm still going to take a tight end, boys. I'm still going to take a tight end. Uh, I'm going to take Darnell Washington at 28 to the Bengals here. Um, I think this is this is another guy where we've seen like we've seen mock drafts where he's gone this high before, and he's also gone like as late as like the end of the second round. Like he's his variance is all over the place. For me, um, I think he's a guy where like. You obviously you're still trying to protect Joe Burrow, and that's that's the one thing I want to specify with Darnell Washington is while he's huge and does have athleticism and can can go out and catch the ball, he is primarily still a blocker, but he is like the best tight end blocker I think I've ever seen before. Um, like pretty much just gives you a a six zero lineman at any time that you need him. Um, can block anyone, including like elite edge rushers. Like he has the speed to do it, along with the power. Just incredible technique for him. Um, his issue is that he's he, not, not, not the most, like, he's not the best receiver, we'll say. His hands aren't quite there. Route running isn't great. But the athleticism and the size is, like, way too much to pass up on for me. Um, I think if the Bengals were in this position, I think this would be a very tempting pick to make. So I'm going to do it for him. Uh, he's just, he, he, he's a freak of nature. And I think, I think in this draft, when there's so many guys where you're betting on upside with some of these guys and, like, just, like, the traits alone... I think it's impossible for this guy to slide out of the first round. He's 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 too good. All right, fair enough. I mean, I don't. I personally, I think I'm a little bit lower on Washington than some of the other people. But you know, this guy's a freak of nature. That's in like, terms of how big my he thought is, too so. is like at at worst, like I understand that like the value of drafting a blocking tight end this early isn't great, but like. Even if he doesn't quite pan out as a receiver like you'd want him to, like at worst, you're you're just adding more protection for Burrow and a younger guy to to build with him. So, yeah, and you can attribute his lack of oh, well, yeah, uh, having Brock Bowers that doesn't re- receiving production be playing alongside Brock Bowers. So, okay, he can develop there. there. Jack is up for the New Orleans Saints at twenty nine. Um. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. A couple directions I could go here. Uh, I think I settled on edge rusher. A name okay. that Chef said. Oh, you're taking my pick. <laughs> I was writing it down for the Eagles. Um. <laughs> Yep. Sorry, Shreff. I uh, I think their their defensive line could uh, could use some some youth to it, some pep to it. 
They have Jordan Cameron still. Whoops, Cameron Jordan. Oh, boy. <laughs> you pulled a Ruxin. I did. Um, not many other notables, I'd say. Getting after the passer. Uh, their secondary solid. Their offense is like, is like look kind of decent. Like their offensive line still looks good on paper. Decent receivers. They bring in Derek Carr, obviously, good backfield. Um, so if they could add more, um, Mitchell, we're getting some, some. There you go. Thanks. Uh, they could add this an element to get up to the passer on the defensive side. That's that'd be. Um, they could be a little dangerous in a division that's wide open. Uh. So I I like him. I realize that he's a uh, local hometown favorite, I guess, in Louisiana. I just realized that now. Um, if that could add whatever you wanted wanted to add to this to this pick, but um, I get kind of like Nolan Smith. He's heavier, but he's I think the same height. Um, that doesn't bother me, and uh, he's was incredibly productive at LSU. And just like Nolan Smith, you do that in the SEC, then I think you're pretty much pro ready. So, um, yeah, that's my pick there. Trev, do you want to add anything else since you were looking to take he's just, him? He's, I like him a lot. I, I, I think when we look at like the, this edge, this edge class, it's a little interesting because I think there's a lot of guys where you're kind of betting on upside a little bit. But I, I think Ojolari's kind of on almost on the opposite side. Where like he, he did give you the production, and not only the production, but at a school like LSU where you're playing against the best of the best every week, like he. His his pass rush skill, like he's he has moves, like he already has developed moves that he's going to be ready to to move on into the NFL that I think will still work. So there's there's like a repertoire there that I think is good. The athleticism there, I it would be a home run pick for the Eagles, but I think it would also be a home run pick for the Saints here. So I can't be too upset about it. All right. So since Shreff's guy mm. got poached. Who's he going to pivot to for his hometown Eagles yeah. at 30? I, I would have taken Ojolari here. I will say that the guy that I'm about to take, I also really like, but I also think that uh, the Eagles themselves would also take this guy over Ojolari. Not that I would, but this is what I think they would do too. Um, I'm going to take uh, – all right, give me a second here. I'm going to try to gonna try to get this name right. Adetamiwa Adabwari. There it is. I think I got it. Um, the defensive lineman out of Northwestern. Just an absolute freak. Uh, completely blew up the combine. Um, I'm looking at a spider, you know, those like spider charts that they do. Um, 99th percentile in broad jump, vertical jump, 40-yard dash, 10-yard split. Um, and then that is combined with pretty above-average strength still, uh, big hands, long arms. Uh, it's kind of similar to Cansey where it, it's just it's more of a height and weight thing for him. He's a little bit on the smaller side, but... The Eagles are one of these teams where they have no problem moving guys between edge, uh, middle, like inside on the defensive line. He's one of these guys, I think he's big enough. He, Him and Jordan Davis, I really like the idea of them kind of plugging up the middle. And obviously, he's a guy where, you know, like we said before, the Eagles are a team that is kind of already kind of set in stone with most of their starters. So he's going to come in. He's going to be able to learn under Fletcher Cox for a year, which I think is going to be uh, huge for development for someone like that. Um, but yeah. Obviously, Ojolari would have been my preferred guy, but I I have no issue taking Adetamiwa Adabuare. There it is. As a, that, that's going to be a rough name to spell. If they And I will also mention there's been multiple reports that the Eagles are like in love with this dude. So it would not shock me at all that if, if, they're, if they do stick and pick at 30, I think this could be the guy. Yeah, that's a rough one to pronounce, but 
player prospect. Um, he is a little mm-hmm. bit bigger than you can see. So um, I guess he has a slight edge there. Um, okay. Two picks left. Jack's up at 31 with the Kansas City Chiefs. Defending champs. Uh, Chiefs. I think they have one big glaring need. Quarterback. It's at the wider zero position. <laughs> and quarterback, but we can address that in the second round. Um, They're going to trade up for Hendon Hooker. <laughs> um, I, uh, I said there's a clear top three, in my opinion. I think in your opinion, maybe that's consensus too. In JSN, Addison, Zay Flowers. Um, then it's kind of wide open. Um, and I'm going to get a controversial player in terms of scouting in this virtual room that we're in. I'm going Jalen Hyatt. Um, Tennessee wide receiver. Incredible home run threat. Uh, best known for his five touchdown, 200 yard performance against Alabama this past year. Um, he's still raw. Like he, he's maybe you can call him a one trick pony. He's a, just a deep threat. Um, can still develop in, in route running. Um, but I just look at this offense that like when, okay. When Jalen Hyatt, when he played against Georgia, like a few weeks after the Bama game, they had their guys playing like 15 or not 15, like at least like 10 yards off him. That's how much they had to respect his, his downfield speed. Um, and what he can do there, what he did to Alabama. And I think still in that game, he had in score, but I think he had like six or 65. So he was still able to be productive. You could say, um, but after that Bama game, he went on a stretch of uh, two multiple touchdown performances, um, which we talked about the other other day or maybe last week. That you said his he was most successful when Cedric Tillman was injured, which you could view that in both ways, positive and negative. Like defenses had to worry about one a clear cut number one receiver in him, and he still was able to produce. Um, so I like that I, in this chief's offense, I mean, it's already an unfair offense, but just add this element to it, uh, him up the way down the field, Travis Kelsey always open in the middle, like defenses can be confused. I saw some comparisons for Jalen Hyatt. He's not a direct size comp, but similar to Will Fuller, I like that. he's a great deep threat, um, who found some, some success. So. I like that. I I I just would love this pick in this offense. Um, I want to hear I both was, you guys. I mean, I was going to say I think you got to look at it in a vacuum. Where like I, I I think the the Tennessee offense when it comes to the skill position players, I think they were asked to do much less than some of these other receiver prospects were, and that's no fault of theirs. It's just the fact that that Tennessee offense was just a juggernaut and they were able to throw it whenever they wanted to wherever they wanted to and it was going to work pretty much no matter what the entire year mm-hmm. um but with all that being said while i while i don't know how i feel about Hyde as a prospect if there was ever a team that was going to be able to get the most out of his speed that he has it, it's going to be the chiefs so i think in this situation it's a it, it is kind of a perfect pick um 
Obviously, with a guy like Mahomes, you're always going to want deep threats. That's exactly what he brings you. Um, definitely needs to get a little more refined on the route running. But like we said before, if there was ever a coaching staff and a team in general that's going to be able to get that out of him, it's going to be them. So I like that pick. Um, I don't like the pick, but I mean, he just he doesn't have the route tree that you need, I feel like, to be successful. But again, I mean, it's definitely a position group that they're going to need to target. I mean, it wasn't even that strong of a receiver group last year. Mahomes just kind of did his thing and made them more productive than they probably should have been. But not for nothing, like Juju did have like over 900 yards last year. So that is like a lot of production that you need to replace. Um, and I don't think that could go overlooked, but again, I don't know, maybe in my opinion, I think I'd be looking to really acquire Hopkins if they can make the money work there, just mm-hmm. because the, the, the compensation that they'll have to give up is going to be way less. And I think that would just be a way better fit for them at the moment. Um, or even, I don't know, maybe wait till the second, but. I mean, again, I don't, I don't, I don't hate your like full ideology and your philosophy upon like looking at this because it is the most clear need for sure. So, I don't know. I mean, what do I know? I'm just a guy <laughs> with a podcast. So, um, I'm up here with the last pick. Uh, technically, the first pick of the second round of the Pittsburgh Steelers at 32. Uh, Jack pick Broderick Jones tackle out of Georgia at 17. So I think that. Personally, that's what I want us to do. I want us to get a tackle. I think it's the most important. So um, I'm glad that you did there. And I'm going to go with a guy that I feel like earlier on in the draft process was certainly projected to go higher, but he is slipping now. But I don't really necessarily know why, in my opinion. I still think this guy's a really good athlete. And I think so. Really? Okay. Uh, What position? Edge rusher. Ooh. Is nope. it a corner? I think, okay, I, I might yes. still know who it is, then, but we'll see. I'll let you go. Yeah, it's going to be, he's going to be pairing up with his teammate from Georgia. It's going to be Keely Ringo, cornerback. Uh, he's really athletic, uh, really fast. He ran a 483, not 483, 438 at the 40 at the combine. Uh, he's got that shutdown corner ability where he can travel and play in a lot of different spots uh and i just think he's a really good player that i i'm not entirely sure why he's i guess falling on some boards trying to find some negatives on him i mean it looks like he does he did get called for a little bit more penalties than average i can Um, and he's good at press but maybe he's a little bit like he can get a little bit uh sloppy in terms of like i don't know other types of routes but he's good at, he's a good physical yeah, corner and i think that we need i've, him I've done a so. decent amount of research on him because he, he's another guy that the eagles have brought in so I've, I've been making sure that i'm up to date on all these guys he he's an interesting one I, I would i would argue he might be like the biggest uh boom bust potential in this draft or at least up there because he like you you talked about like the physicality the speed like there's there's plays that you watch with him where it looks like he's the receiver because he he follows he follows his man so well and has really good ball skills when he's able to track it, so that's where the downside comes in is that his, his technique still isn't very good, um, so he gets beat not because of his speed issues or anything like that, but just like he 
just struggles to be able to kind of match up with certain routes. Um, and yeah, so like it, it, like I said, like it's one of those things where with the right coaching staff and you can kind of get some technique worked out, like the upside is unbelievable. Like upside to the point where on the right team, like he, we could look back at this in three years and say that he's the best corner in this draft in a, in a very stacked corner class. So at this pick, I'm, I'm completely fine with it. I do agree with you that I think it, I think the, it seems like the opinions on him have, have gone too far the other way to the point where I've seen him go in like mid second round. I don't, I don't know if I, I feel like that's a little late for him with just the upside that he brings. So I, I like that pick for them. I do. And especially with the corners that are left, I think that, I think that's a good, a, a good swing to take at the spot. I also like that any corner we bring in, especially one that, that is like of this type, it's he's similar size to Patrick Peterson. And I, I just love the idea yep. of a, a corner learning under like one of the best cornerbacks of the past decade in Patrick Peterson. So I maybe I, I guess that's part of the Steelers strategy and why they brought him in uh, if they're going to still plan to draft a corner um, to the help like learn to develop under Patrick Peterson. So I like that a lot. I think we visited visited Ringo and like had like meetings with him and stuff. So I do think he's on our radar for sure around this pick. And I, I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. I think he's a solid player. And I think uh, like Shref said, I mean, if we're, if, we're, if we were to take him at 17, I think we that'd be a little bit not, be not ideal because we could definitely get him a little bit later from where it seems. But 32 seems like a good spot for him. And I, I think it's a position to need. And I think that's where he should be going. I can, so I, I could see I like him being a guy where there. he starts falling. There, there could be um, teams looking to trade up for a guy like that. Like I, like you said, like the, the upside's too good to pass up on it at a certain point. Right. Okay, so that is our mock draft. Uh, if yeah. one of you guys want to read off, read off one through thirty-two. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind, to recap. Um, all right. So the I'm I'm not going to read who selected it. I'm just going to go right through with the team and the pick. Um, so Panthers, Bryce Young. That's fine. Texans, Will Anderson, Cardinals, Paris Johnson Jr., Colts, CJ Stroud, Seahawks, Tyree Wilson, Lions, Christian Gonzalez, the Raiders took Anthony Richardson, Falcons go with Jalen Carter, Bears, Peter Skaronsky, Eagles, Bijan Robinson, Titans, Joey Porter Jr., Texans, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jets, Darnell Wright, Patriots, Devon Witherspoon, Packers, Dalton Kincaid. Commanders, Deontay Banks. Steelers, Broderick Jones. Lions took Kalijah Kansi. The Bucks stopped Will Levis's slide. Um, the Seahawks go with Brian Brzee. Chargers, Jordan Addison. Ravens, Zay Flowers. Vikings, Nolan Smith. Jaguars, Brian Branch. Giants, Trenton Simpson. Cowboys, Michael Mayer. Uh, Bills, Lucas Van Ness. Bengals, Darnell Washington, Saints, B.J. Ojolari, Eagles, Adetamiwa Adabuare, Chiefs, Jalen Hyatt, and then at 32, the Steelers selected Keely Ringo. You nailed that I'm, pronunciation I'm of water. Right? I don't care. I'm not tough. even trying now. Um, okay, so there you have it, folks. I'm just looking at some prospects, maybe that uh, the best available for the remainder of the second round here. Um, we've seen Jameer Gibbs creep up into the, I've even seen some late first, but maybe potentially like early second rounds. Uh, receivers, we're looking at Quentin Johnson, Josh Downs, 
Um, could definitely see their name called soon after that first round. Tight end is a very deep class, but Sam Laporta out of Iowa has definitely garnered some interest out of teams. Luke Musgrave as well. Uh, in the interior O line, we got we didn't pick any guards. Lawrence, I don't think, uh, right? John Michael Schmitz no. is one that I think could go high. Uh, Steve Avila could find his way in there. A couple guys. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, especially uh, yeah. John Michael Schmitz. I feel like I've definitely heard some buzz on around him. Uh, tackle Anton Harrison is a name that uh, could definitely creep um, into Matthew the end of the first as well. One as well that I'd watch uh, for from Syracuse. He's been getting buzz. Yes, exactly. Um, Did you some say edge rushers? Yeah, sorry. sorry. No, 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 you go. I thought you already went over defense, but keep going. Sorry. I didn't. Uh, very deep edge rusher class as well. I mean, we. I've heard Keon, Keon White's name out of Georgia Tech be mentioned. Yep. Uh, Miles that's Murphy, too, another were, name. That's, that's who I thought you were talking about definitely too, when, I, when I asked if it was an edge rusher. That's who I thought you were referencing. Right. Uh, uh, Felix. As a DK Uzama or something like something crazy. Uh, Mazi Smith is there as well. Ooh. Another linebacker that I was really Sanders. considering for the Bills. Um, yeah, I, I do think I, so, I have Drew Sanders as my as my uh, so number he's one so I thought middle linebacker. Too, but. Just, just, yeah, because he's just—he's really big. He's six five, two thirty-five. Um, he's versatile. I mean, he can—he has interior and outside capabilities as well. And I—I I was really looking at him for the Bills too. And I thought it was funny that his NFL.com mm-hmm. comp was Tremaine Edmonds. So I thought that yeah. was funny that uh, that he could potentially replace him. But I really like Drew Sanders as well. I wouldn't be proposed. Excuse me. I wouldn't be opposed to the Steelers yeah. getting him at thirty-two as well. I think uh, he's a guy that I wouldn't be. I would I would be happy with a thirty two for sure. Uh, corner, Cam Smith, uh, another physical guy that could. I, I I haven't seen much first round buzz from him, but yeah, second round for sure. Emmanuel apparently Forbes, team, very teams love him. Apparently, he's very slender. He's, he's like small, but teams apparently love him. He's but, had a lot of pre draft visits. I don't know if that's more just like finding out if they really think that he can like be what he's supposed to be because he. That's the weird thing with him is that he, what do you have, like six pick sixes or something like that in college? Like something absurd. Yeah, re- yeah. really good big play guy for sure. Uh, and it's not a very good safety class outside of Brian Branch, but, you know, JL Skinner out of Boise State. Uh, he's a really big thumper kind of guy. He's like 6'3", and he, he, he's a good hard hitter. Uh, Antonio Johnson as well. I've heard yeah, some names maybe ball. at the end of the second, but definitely a week yeah, a weird safety one. class for sure. And we didn't mention Hennon Hooker too. I think he's he could definitely I think he's a guy that if for some reason a team really fell in love with him and traded up for him, I could see him like maybe getting selected at the end of the first if a team traded into yeah. it to get that fifth year option. Uh but also he's a guy yeah, that could I- go like in round three. So I think the range, range I'll, of outcomes I'll say it now, I feel, pretty wide. I feel comfortable saying this. If 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 a team does take him in the in the first round, that'll immediately become my my worst first round selection. I think twenty five coming off a big injury, played in. Yeah. We, we kind of mentioned it with with Hyatt, like played in one of the more simple offenses in college where there wasn't too much like actually reading the defense involved. It was kind of snap, and then someone was going to be open down the field pretty much every time. So I just I, I in my opinion, yeah. there's he didn't show 
he didn't show anything crazy on the field that makes me think warrants a first round selection and then that's just on top of the age plus the injury history now so i just i i'd be it would be a very head scratching pick for me depending who did it i like I him agree. he I seems mean, great I, like, I, I don't think him, i'd become but... I, I don't think i'd yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I just the situation and stuff. But yeah, I, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable to, if I, if either if my, my team picking probably end of the second. To be honest, like I don't think I'd feel comfortable past that. But okay, there you have it, folks. Our third annual Hogline Podcast mock drafts. Uh, let us know how you think of our picks, and we are getting even closer to the draft. So five days away, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, anything else before we sign Go off football. today? We, I don't. Yeah, I know I'm we, we really do with a smaller draft. group. Should we, should we try to open up when we do our mock draft like competition? See if we can get more people in it this time around. Yeah, I yeah. think we had about I think we had about eight people last year. So if we can definitely maybe get to the teens, that'd be do. cool. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. I've I've heard from a couple people that have ex- expressed interest that we could definitely get into the teens. I feel like so. Um, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, if anyone listening wants to participate in our mock draft contest, uh, feel free to uh, contact us, and we will send you the details. Yep. Thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, we will catch you next week in another episode. We're going to be pick. We've had a little bit of scheduling conflicts with the Jeopardy, um, but we'll be picking it back up pretty soon. So stay tuned for the rest of those uh, matchups, and uh, we'll catch you next week with another episode. Peace. See you.